the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join Michael Fields for today's edition. All right, we're back with another episode of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. We have our first uh, repeat guest, uh, Senator Paul Lundin, <laughs> who is the minority leader in our state Senate here. Welcome back, Senator. Uh, thank you, Michael. It's great to be with you. Um, love the word leader. Not so cool on the word minority, but we will do what we will do. The job remains the same, whether we're majority or minority. It's to defend freedom and opportunity in Colorado, and that's what we're going to do. Well, I appreciate that. And I guess how's session going so far? I know, as you mentioned, not uh, in the position that you necessarily want to be numbers wise. I believe it's uh, 22-13. Is that the, the correct well, number? 23-12. Uh, but still yeah. one uh, seat. One shy of a super from- minority, yeah. one shy of a super majority, which means uh, any efforts to put something on the ballot through the, or into the Constitution on the ballot through the General Assembly, we have one vote if we hold together as a caucus to prevent that from happening. And that's meaningful. That's a material difference, especially when we start talking about the things that uh, affect our rights as citizens, you know, Second Amendment rights. Uh, you know, protection of life rights, and, then, and quite frankly, the taxpayer bill of rights. Yeah, so it would apply both to putting something on into the Constitution or taking something out of the Constitution would need to get at least one Republican vote in the state Senate in order to, to put that on the ballot for, for people to vote on. That, that is correct. And of course, the same thing applies in terms of overriding a veto. Mm-hmm. If the, 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 the left wing of the Democrat Party, which has an ascendant position here in the General Assembly right now, um, chooses to drive something through, the governor says, yeah, that's not my cup of tea, vetoes it, and they try to run back over him, he would count on that one Republican vote to prevent an override of the governor's veto. So there, there might be an odd circumstance where the Senate Republican caucus is lining up, uh, you know, with with the governor if he's he's yeah. trying to defend against, uh, let's say, the abolition of prisons in Colorado or something. And the governor <laughs> says, no, we can't do that. And the liberal wing of the Democrat Party is trying to drive that through. We might find ourselves in a spot where where we are, in fact, protecting a, a gubernatorial veto. Yeah, that's a great point. And how much Republicans need to stick together on some of those big issues. Absolutely. Um, I guess what you know, you guys all uh, get five bills a year. Uh, what are the Republicans focused on this session? What needs to I know what you campaigned on? What do these bills look like? Or what are you guys focusing on the big issues? Yeah, absolutely. The, the the big issues are affordability of life. Housing is is a place, uh, you know, Democrats are trying to create government programs to build housing. Republicans are, in fact, trying to keep government out of the way so that the marketplace is more free to build homes and, and keep homes more affordable. Uh, quite frankly, the reality is 100 million, 200 million, the sort of thing that the taxpayers voted for in the in the last, um, uh, you know, initiative process seems like a lot of money, but the housing crisis we have in Colorado isn't 
hundreds of millions of dollars in housing stock. It's billions and billions of dollars, maybe trillions of dollars in housing stock needed. And that's only going to come from the marketplace. It cannot come from a government subsidized program. So that's the sort of thing Republicans will be working to keep government out of the way to make housing more affordable. You know, crime is going to be another issue that we will continue to work on. Um, we're, we've got a bill, uh, Senator Gardner's got a bill that actually takes steps on the path to recriminalizing car theft. We've gotten to the point where it's basically not a crime to steal a car in Colorado. What happens? Cars are, you know, we're number one in the nation for car theft. So uh, we're trying to, in fact, make our communities safer. That's a big thing. You know, giving parents greater authority and engagement. I've got a bill that, quite frankly, uh, would be super beneficial. I think it would give a tax credit to parents who choose to be actively volunteering in their local school system. Give them a tax credit for the time and effort they they bring into public education. Because we know that when you have an engaged student, um, enthusiastic and participating parents and exceptional teachers, you get a great result. And so we need, quite frankly, more parents in the classroom. So we'll be bringing a bill uh, to do that as well. And we've got also a bill, a Republican bill. Senator Liston is going to bring a bill that will look at bringing nuclear energy into Colorado. The Democrats want you know, safe, renewable energy. Well, we want reliable, inexpensive energy as as well. Um, and nuclear could be a, an issue. Democrats don't like it for for political reasons, not for practical reasons. They don't like it for political reasons, but we, we are leaning into that. And then the fifth big thing that we're working on is water. Um, it's pretty clear that we could be storing some of the water that we actually are entitled to as Coloradans under the interstate compacts and the law. We're letting it flow downstream, and we could be storing some of that in times of fat when we've got the you know good rain years, good snowpack. We're letting water flow down to down basin states and and quite frankly, Mexico, foreign countries that is actually water that Coloradans have a right to. So those are the the five big things that uh, we'll be working on this session. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. And I think, you know, you listen to Governor Polis talk and at least three or four of those he uh, mentioned. Similarly, I think there might be a little bit different of a path on some of those. I want to dig a little bit deeper into a couple of them, one being safety. You know, Governor Polis said that we want to be a top 10 safest state in the country. You look at the data that just keeps coming out. You mentioned auto thefts, you know, that we're number one in the, the nation in terms of the increase of that. I just saw a story today saying homicides in Denver are uh, the third most increase in the last two years. I guess, how much progress do you think, given the makeup of the legislature, is going to happen on some of those issues, making it harder uh, or the criminal penalties more to, to, to steal cars? How much traction do you think these are going to get? Are we going to move forwards or backwards in terms of dealing with crime in our state? That's a great question. Um, I think the the people's voice, the, the the willingness of the citizens of Colorado to engage in the process will have a meaningful impact on that question. Um, it's clear that there is a wing of the Democrat Party. Um, they call themselves abolitionists. They're not wanting to abolish slavery. That was a Republican issue hundreds of years ago, or more than a hundred years ago. They are they want to abolish the prison system, the correctional system in Colorado. Well, when that's a substantial caucus within the Democrat Party in Colorado, you know they're going to bring issues that will, in fact, take us backwards on public safety. 
So it becomes really important that the people be engaged. They say, hey, look, I understand you have your ideological perspectives. You you, you think that abolishing the criminal justice system should be done, that prison should be abolished. Uh, but that's not what we experience as Coloradans. And so the voice of the people is going to be really, really important in this conversation um, because we do have purpose. There are some common willing to get on some of these Republican bills, like the one Gardner's bringing that would uh, recriminalize auto theft. Um, the reality is, I think we need to take another look at fentanyl. I mean, mm-hmm. Democrats basically drove an effort forward that decriminalized up to four grams of fentanyl. Last year, um, we were able to narrow that down to one gram, but one gram of fentanyl is not personal use fentanyl. Right. One gram of fentanyl is enough to kill 1,500 people. No, you know, Nobody in a serious conversation would say that's for personal use and therefore acceptable. It's quite frankly, a law enforcement issue that we need to, in fact, take another look at, at You know, what is the proper threshold for fentanyl. And I'll tell you, one gram for personal possession is not an appropriate um, threshold. So the people's voice is going to be critically important on this issue of crime and safety. Yeah, I I agree. And I think, you know, fentanyl was such a big topic last year, and it's kind of uh, not been in the news as much or talked about as much. So I'm glad that you're still focusing on that. You talk about citizens engagement. You know, we have the the most uh, people reaching out about two issues, two bills that haven't dropped yet, but have drafts out. Wanted to know if you wanted to comment on either one, one being uh, the so-called assault weapons ban uh, bill, and then the second one being uh, the Tabor refund bill, basically taking away Tabor refunds, putting them permanently towards uh, education. We had that battle, you know, with Prop CC a couple years ago, but it seems like it might be back. But those are the two issues that I see the most citizens engagement, uh, you know, people reaching out to our groups and other groups to talk about any comment on either of those. Yeah, absolutely. So haven't seen the assault weapons bans and quite frankly, the way they're using the language, any automatic or semi-automatic, not automatic, but semi-automatic handgun, a standard Glock, a Kimber, the kind of personal um, protection and self-defense would be labeled as an assault weapon based on what I've heard is in the bill or the various bills. Um, The reality is the details of what is brought will inform the details of how we fight against it. So not really in a position to say other than conceptually, absolutely not. Um, You know, the Republican caucus is now and always will be there in defense of the Constitution. And in the Constitution, there are a number of rights enshrined. And one of those rights is uh, in the Second Amendment. Uh, I personally think the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, is there to defend the First Amendment because the First Amendment is what makes Um, America, quite frankly, incredibly unique in so many ways, the ability to stand against the government and have the right to say to the face of the government, no, I disagree. I think the Second Amendment, in fact, reinforces the ability to stand and say that. So I think that's critically important. And and the Republican caucus will obviously fight to defend those rights, waiting to see what the details of the bills are to figure out what the details of our, you know, counter um, engagement on that, our opposition, our fight against those um, threats to the Second Amendment might look like. To the question of the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, um, we will stand and fight and defend the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. It, It is a critically important part of the Colorado Constitution that gives people hope that their family budget might have some hope of growing almost as fast as the state government's budget is growing. In my experience, you know, eight years in the General Assembly, the state budget has grown faster than family budgets year after year after year after year. The only thing constraining that government growth from being 
exponentially larger is the taxpayer bill of rights. So we will continue to fight to defend that. And the assaults on it are coming from a number of uh, directions. One you correctly mentioned, and I have not seen the language yet, but the, the concept is clear. They want to take money that would be referred back to the people. It's a refund that should be going to the people. They want to take that money and move it to public education. Well, I'm a big fan of and defender of public education. I think it should be, quite frankly, a high priority, maybe the number one priority of state government. But that comes after the citizens have access to their refunds as defined in the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. Then it's up to the state government to prioritize. And I would make after you've got your proper refunds going back to the people of Colorado, then I would make education funding a priority. What what that effort to do, the effort to, you know that would, I think, gut the Taxpayer Bill of Rights in a meaningful way is to before the people get their refund, then they're going to glom onto the ability to expand state government even more. Right now, it needs to be a priority within the budget of Colorado that, that we do fund education properly. What happens, though, is the Democrats create pet program after pet program after pet program, and they fund those. And that's where state, you know, the state priorities apparently are. It's in creation of all sorts of additional state agencies, state government um, offices that cost money to create and fund. And so that's where the Democrats are spending the money instead of spending the money prioritized on education. So that's one of the assaults that will come on the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. Um, I think the, the people that care about the Taxpayer Bill of Rights should be aware the Democrats are going to toss a bunch of dust in the air as well around this. Um, ideas will be circulated to change the way the refund mechanism happens, the funds are issued. I think those are kind of potentially distractions mm-hmm. in part of the Democrat assault on the taxpayer bill of rights. So all of these issues, any issue in any form that bumps up against the taxpayer bill of rights is suspect in my mind. We need to watch those things carefully because I think they're all part of the approach the Democrats will use to get under the the, the skin of, to get, get into a place where they can attack uh, the taxpayer bill of rights. And we need to stand and defend Tabor with, with all of our strength. Well, I thank you for, for doing that. I know you've been a big champion uh, of Tabor and, and the Republican caucus has uh, for many years, mostly uh, which I appreciate too. So Senator, you talked about uh, different priorities that you all have like water, education, et cetera. I know mental health is another big issue. You know, where do you find uh, the most likeliness that you could work with people on the other side of the aisle? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the places I personally have had the most success working with uh, folks on the other side of the aisle is in in education flexibility, especially in the uh, later years of high school, you know, the sophomore, junior, senior years in high school, where we're able to get an agreement that providing more flexibility to students um, as they're trying to figure out, is a career and technical pathway going to be where I want to start my my professional life or or is it um enrollment in concurrent uh, education concurrent enrollment that gives me credits towards my college degree or my associate's degree while I'm still in high school um that's a place where we've been able to have a little bit of uh positive bipartisan interaction that gets at I think what are fundamentally universal principles the freedom of an individual to seek the opportunity that they would like to seek 
whenever a Democrat's going to come along with me on something like that, mm-hmm. I'm going to welcome them with open arms. Um, this session, I've got a bill that is career and um, development incentive program. Now, it's a, a program that, quite frankly, we provide a little bit of backfill through the school districts to give individuals who might want to actually start a trade, a career a career and technical pathway while still in high school. It gives them the ability to get apprenticeship, some sort of uh, uh, on-the-job experience, if you will, that is um, supported by flexibility in the academic tracks and a little bit of money so that an outside you know, apprenticeship or outside uh, education provider other than the you know the traditional K12 environment is allowed to do the training and education and so that level of flexibility really can be meaningful to some students and that's one of the places where we've been able to get some democrat buy-in to what I think is a republican idea yeah and i appreciate your focus on education as somebody who's a, a former teacher and i know you were on the state board of of education and did such a good job there and have made education such a uh, front and center issue. So I appreciate your work on that. The last question that I have for you is kind of a broader question of, you know, after this last election, I think conservatives in Colorado, a lot of them are are frustrated. You talked about all the issues we can work on. And, and, you know, I work a lot on ballot measures. And I think we have uh, a lot of things that we can do uh, good on the ballot coming up. But I think the overall frustration, you know, where do we go from here? And just wanted to hear your thoughts about you know, the conservative movement in Colorado, where, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? Yeah, I, I, it is a great question. We as a, you know, we as a party are going through some soul searching right now, um, figuring out how to build coalitions within the increasing growth of the unaffiliated voters of Colorado, mm-hmm. I think is the the pathway forward. Um, it, it in many ways, it's kind of a, an idea that's in, in alignment with some of the things we were talking about earlier, mass customization, greater flexibility. The reality is when we've got a quarter of the, the population registered Republican, just a little bit more than a quarter of the population registered Democrat and almost half of the population registered unregistered or unaffiliated, we need to talk to those folks in ways that uh, resonate with who they are and the lives they live. The, the small business owners, um, the, the, the people that don't necessarily, you know, think about politics every day and aren't necessarily comfortable with all the personalities, either Democrat or Republican, who are on this increasingly confrontational stage. But, but we need to, as conservatives, as people that believe in freedom and opportunity, reach out to those folks who have chosen to be unaffiliated and talk with them about the things that are inherent in who we, you know, in who we are as a party, but not so much lean into the fact that it's a Republican principle, but lean into a fact that it's a principle, freedom, opportunity that they share with us. And I think that's our pathway forward is to really start thinking more about coalitions that we can pull together that build a majority rather than demanding that everybody pick up the Republican banner and carry it as though it's the most important thing in their life. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And that's what, you know, we often try to do with ballot measures is, you know, reach out and say, regardless of your party, do you agree with this principle? And a lot of correct. uh, It's not about it's not about the party. It's about the principles. And quite frankly, when we really peel the onion back a little bit, I think more Coloradans actually are comfortable with the principles that are fundamental to who we are 
than than some of the coercive government controlled policies that are promoted so um, aggressively by the Democrat Party. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, engagement with Coloradans, et cetera. I would love if you keep in touch with us, keep us updated on what's going on at the legislature. We know that some of the worst bills come later in session, uh, you know, sometimes the last couple of days. So uh, keeping us updated. Uh, thanks for for coming on with us again and look forward to talking to you. Thanks for the work you do. I will always be available to you and the people that you work with, Michael. Um, you know, the outreach and quite frankly, engagement one-on-one, the people that listen to this podcast is so important. Well, thank you. And we'll be back with another episode of the Colorado Rundown. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancecolorado.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.